Welcome back to the CBJ Show. I'm Brandon. Alongside me on the Zoom screen is Jason. Today uh, is September 10th. Tomorrow is September 11th, 21st anniversary of the bombings of 9-11. But that's not what's exciting. Tomorrow is the opening kickoff games for all the NFL games, except for what we saw on Thursday between the defending champs and Super Bowl favorites. <laughs> Um, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, with that, we'll jump jump into an NFL focus heavy episode. So, over the summer, we learned hot takes are actually a really fun way to express your opinions. Uh, and so, we're gonna do a little bit different here on the podcast. Uh, it's not gonna be really a hot take segment. It's gonna be one of us or in this case, both of us will bring a hot topic or a hot take to the table. We'll share it. The other person will have a chance to respond, what their share their opinions, and that's going to be the hot take of the episode. So with that, I'll start us off with, I think we've seen this before, that a team has gone from worst to first. My math, if I remember correctly from the summer, I think it's happened 17 times that team has gone from worst to first since the new realignment in 2002. With that, I looked at all the teams who I think could go from worst to first this year, and my eyes brought me to the Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, they were injured last year. Lamar, we now know he is on his last year of his contract, and this would be even bigger to go out with his last year unless he gets a new contract. Um, to win the division. I think he's he wants to win. I think the players want to win. I think John Harbaugh, after last season's, say, failure with all the injuries, didn't go as planned. They're ready for a bounce back. And we know the Browns with who knows what with their QB situation. I know we've got Watson will come back in uh, six weeks. I don't even know who. I think it's Jacoby Brissett, if I'm not mistaken. Um, their QB. The Steelers have retired Big Ben, or Big Ben is retired from the Steelers, I should say. And the Bengals, Super Bowl. They were Super Bowl contenders last year. Made it to the big game, obviously, we all know, but came up short. But I just think the Ravens will have the fighting edge to win the division. And I think the biggest challenge for the Ravens will be the Bengals. Yeah, 100% agree. The Bengals, like you said, they were AFC champions last year. And the thing is, when you see a team um, who loses in the Super Bowl, you think, oh, they have that that Super Bowl jet lag that they're going to fall out after one year. Here's the thing with the Bengals. They're a young team. They were not supposed to be in their championship window last year. So we know they're going to be good, which also proves to be great competition for a team like the Ravens. And I think it's really going to come down to that Week 18 game on that schedule. It's Ravens versus Bengals in that game. And I think it's probably going to be the tiebreaker of who wins that game and of who wins the division in that game because obviously we know the Steelers and Browns at this point, they're probably not going to be in contention for winning their divisions. Um, and the Ravens have obviously made a lot of good adjustments this offseason to their roster. I mean, they might have one of the best safety duos in football. They drafted a first-round safety, Kyle Hamilton, out of Notre Dame. And they also brought in Marcus Williams, one of the better safeties in the league. Um, from the Saints 
and they drafted Linderbaum at center to replace Bradley Bozeman. And this team, like you said, it's healthy now. Lamar's back. Dobbins is back. Marlon Humphrey's back. Marcus Peters is back. This team is going to be scary. They had the best rushing attack we've ever seen uh, about two years ago when Lamar and Dobbins were both healthy. J.K. Dobbins led the NFL in yards per carry. And I think what we're going to see from this rushing attack is something that we've never seen before. And it really wouldn't shock me if this team goes back to the top um, of that division like they were in years past. I mean, it's going to come down to that game. Week 18 in Cincinnati. That's a big test. Can the Ravens have a good season? One, which I think, yes. Can they compete with the Bengals and be a top fighting for that playoff spot? before week 18 or at week 18 and then three can they if both teams are tied with the same record week 18 can the Ravens go into Cincinnati spoil it for Cincinnati in Cincinnati and that's going to be a challenge we know how much week 18 showed last year was amazing as a fan but it's a lot of pressure if you go from a top seed in the AFC to probably one of the last and who knows with where the playoffs and I mean, Chris Collinsworth, I think, said it correctly on uh, Thursday night's game. There's 12 teams that can make the playoff. There's 12 teams in the AFC that can make the playoffs. And there's 12 teams that probably could be the top team in the AFC. And so then the next question becomes, if you're the Bengals or the Ravens, whoever doesn't win, are they guaranteed a spot in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, when you lose that spot in the playoffs, like when you lose that last game of the season, that does a lot. We saw the Indianapolis Colts last year. They were the hottest team in football late December. And guess what happened? Rookie Trevor Lawrence, who was coached by Urban Meyer all year, finally with their interim coach, pulled off an incredible win. And guess what? The Colts missed the playoffs, and they were the hottest team in football late December. And Jonathan Taylor was a top three MVP candidate. He was the favorite at one time and it just all collapsed. So that Week 18 game, you cannot underestimate it. That is literally everything. Everything is on the line in Week 18, especially in how tight of an AFC this will be this year. This is probably the most stacked conference we've seen in NFL history with the amount of contenders we have. With the amount of teams that we're going to see finish above 500, it's going to be unbelievable. Um, I definitely could see over 75% of the 16 teams uh, finishing uh, above 500. Um, so the Ravens at Bengals game, like you said, Week 18 in Cincy, that's probably going to be the biggest stakes game we'll see um, in this regular season because two teams, two powerhouses, two teams that can dominate any game on both sides of the football. Both teams made improvements this offseason. We saw the Bengals. Um, they had one of the worst offensive lines in football last year, and they went in and brought in a lot of big names um, on the offensive line, and they're going to be scary. Um, if Joe Mixon has an offensive line and Joe Burrow doesn't get sacked a million times a game, this team is going to be scary, and so are the Ravens. So week 18, I already know they're going to have the same record by week 18. I, I have that gut feeling. Well, we will see. And we'll come back to this and then also Jason taking a minute. And any of these takes that we have, um, if it's at the end of the season or whenever the timetable is, and we'll go back. We'll also, I will say, one of our best segments on this podcast platform the cbj show was our holiday hot takes and if i'm not mistaken from when i uh, briefly looked at it over the summer i think we predicted a lot of things i think did you say something about the Bengals making the super bowl or 
Yeah, I said the Bengals um, were going to make the AFC championship um, before they even won their division. Yeah, so here it is. Take our word for it. We've been pretty good on these hot takes. I think stats say it. I think this could happen. So we'll come back with this um, probably in January by the time the season ends um, and see if my hot take is correct. Speaking of Jason's hot take, he's staying hot in the AFC North. Yes, I have to take about an AFC North running back, actually. Um, so I think that this running back is the best running back in the NFL, better than Derrick Henry, better than Jonathan Taylor. That's right. Nick Chubb is the best running back in football. He is by far the most talented running back, the most efficient running back in all of football. He is impossible to tackle. And when people look at stiff farming, people say, oh, he, you can't guard him. He's, he's too big. Nick Chubb is also a big dude. He is tough to bring down. And I'd argue he has a better stiff arm than someone like Derrick Henry. He is way better form. He has way better contact balance. And as a runner, he's a harder runner. He has better vision. He has better speed. He is more useful in the passing game. And what he provides for an offense is more valuable than Derrick Henry. Because Derrick Henry grounded pounds for 30 carries against the Jaguars and Texans, and everyone goes crazy. Nick Chubb is not given that workload because he's in a running back committee. I guarantee you if Nick Chubb got 30 carries a game, he would easily be breaking 2,000 yards by week 16 of the NFL season. He is that good. He is that efficient. And he's performed well with some battle lines. As we saw in 2019, he had the 27th ranked offensive line and he exploded for almost 1,500 rushing yards. And obviously the workload hasn't been there these past two years because of Kareem Hunt being in that system. But Nick Chubb is by far the most talented, most skilled, most efficient running back in the NFL. And I don't really care how productive Taylor and Henry can be um, because Nick Chubb is more talented. I will say, first off, bold, <laughs> because like you mentioned, everyone sees the highlight reels of the stiff arms that uh, Derrick Henry is doing. But to be honest, he's doing against a division that, well, this year, I think the Colts are going to be good with Matt Ryan, but he's got the Colts who haven't been that good lately and the Jags and the Texans. So it's hard to really say like, all right, that's half of his games he's playing. and Everyone sees the stiff arm and goes crazy, but I could see possibility of, I mean, Nick Chubb will probably have to carry a lot of the load, especially with who is quarterback. Uh, the quarterback situation in Cleveland is not good. And I think there's going to be a lot of run heavy offense on the, uh, the offense is going to um, lie, right. Uh, offense is going to rely heavy on the run game tongue twister as Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb is going to be that guy who's going to take those carrots and at the end of the day I don't think it's a bad statement to say that Nick Chubb will have a better season or is right now going to have a better um, running back season than Derrick Henry yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that Nick Chubb will have a better season than Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry is the entire Titans offense for their entire season because they give him 30 carries per game and Nick Chubb doesn't get that. But I will I will say, I think Nick Chubb is going to get the most volume that he's gotten in his career this year as long as he stays healthy because we don't. this team does not have uh, like a certified quarterback. I mean, for Nick Chubb's entire career, um, they were rolling with their first overall pick from 2018, Baker Mayfield. Nick Chubb was in that same draft class. Baker Mayfield is the only quarterback 
he's ever known, really. So they've had a quarterback these past four years, and Jacoby Brissett is different. So with that being said, big, Joey Brissett is not Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has a cannon for an arm. I know people dislike Baker, and I know he's had some slumps, but Baker is a starting NFL quarterback. I don't think Jacoby Brissett is really going to be a great starting quarterback. So with that being said, Nick Chubb is going to be grounding and pounding in this offense because they don't have a strong arm quarterback. They don't have an accurate quarterback. Uh, and Nick Chubb is probably going to get his workload increased to 20 to 25 carries a game instead of like that 17 range. Um, and we're going to see how efficient he is. And it helps that the offensive line is so incredible this year because um, they have uh, two top four guards in the NFL with guys like Batonio and Teller. Um, I think Chubb is going to um, go off this year, even if he doesn't reach the production of someone like Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor. So just to clarify, you're saying in your mind, Nick Chubb is better than Derrick Henry. Yes, I believe that. Yeah. All right. I thought I thought that was what it was. I just want to make sure. You heard it here, folks. Jason does think Nick Chubb is better than Derrick Henry. We will see. I mean, a lot of people, when they want to make a claim, the evidence they'll go to is what does the stats show? So who will get more carries? I mean. Obviously, Derrick Henry is going to be on the highlight reel, but if Nick Chubb uh, plays amazing this year, I mean, who really knows what the play style is in Cleveland if it's all run because it's Jacoby Brissett until Deshaun Watson comes? And who even knows if Deshaun Watson can be his old, old self and play well? Moving on, we have a new segment we like to call predictions. This is a work in progress name. Um, we may change the name. So a few episodes later, you hear, hear a different name, same segment. That's why, because I thought of this recently and needs a better name. But we're going to do some of these predictions where before the week, we'll uh, give a few questions. And then the next week or the next episode, hopefully it's the next week, but the next podcast, we'll go back and say, were we correct? So one of the big names that moved this offseason, I mean, there were so many moves this offseason, but biggest in Chiefs um, in Chiefs town was the loss of Tyreek Hill. He's now Miami Dolphins. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey will not be on the same team this year for the first time. Who will have more touchdowns this season? And just for context for our listeners, in 2021 last season, Terry had nine touchdowns and Kelsey had 10. I think it's pretty easily going to be Travis Kelsey. I mean, Hill is absolutely the most unguardable weapon in all of football. You put him on an island with a corner, they are not guarding him. He's the most unguardable player in football. But with that being said, I do not think that he's going to be producing with touchdowns with Tua, especially because... They, they signed a lot of great running backs this offseason. They're going to be running the ball, and they have Jalen Waddle on offense, who's also going to be a touchdown vulture inside the goal line. And at the end of the day, I think the player with the better quarterback is going to get more touchdowns, and that's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I think their connection is just incredible. Patrick Mahomes can fit the ball into any little, any crease, and Travis Kelsey is bringing that in. And Kelsey is definitely the better red zone threat. As we've seen in his entire career, he's one of the greatest red zone threats we've ever seen in the history of the game. And with that, so um, I do think that Travis Kelsey is going to get more touchdowns 
than Tyreek Hill because he's going to have a better situation. He's going to be more productive. I think as a Patriots fan, I would rather see Kelsey do better than Tyreek Hill. But my concern as just an NFL fan is, will Tyreek Hill be able to, like, is he, he's not going to get the same touchdowns, like the 90-yard touchdowns that Patrick Mahomes can just loft it down the field and get. I mean, two is a different player, but what will be interesting is will Tyreek Hill be getting a lot of these short passes, run through the defense, and score? And if he can go through that, can he beat Kelsey? Because in my mind, defenses can't say, I mean, they've got options, but Kelsey is really the big man now, and it's going to be all to Kelsey. But you always know it's Patrick Holmes is, can always cook up a play here and there. It goes like that shovel pass a lot. So if I had to guess who I think would get more, I think I'm going to go Kelsey as well. Tom Brady. Wow. That's a name everyone's probably heard. He's he's playing the Cowboys again. How I mean, who who the schedule makers must have loved the opening kickoff game last year that they had to have this again. Um, and NBC was like, give this to us. Um, Tom Brady has never lost to the Cowboys, partly due to playing in different conferences. But he's six and against Dallas. And can he continue the streak this week when he, when the Bucks and Cowboys face off on Sunday night football? I think it's probably going to be one of the rougher games that Brady's had against the Cowboys in his career. I mean, to be honest, I have no idea what's going on with Tom Brady right now. There's a lot of stuff going on with his personal life, as he mentioned, and he just does not seem as locked in as he did um, last year. He seems very relaxed. He doesn't really care a lot about football, you know, as he did last year. Um, and I think we could see that in week one against Dallas, that Brady may not be as locked in. Um, as he should be. But with that being said, the, the Buccaneers have the way better roster than the Cowboys at this point. I mean, they have they have elite um, spots at every single position. Um, but the big thing I'm looking at here for the Bucs, especially in week one, um, is going to be their offensive line. They lost Ryan Jensen, who's probably going to be out for the season. They lost their backup center, who's going to be out for the season. Uh, Ali Marpet, one of the best guards in the NFL, retired. Alex Kappa, one of the best guards in the NFL, went to the Bengals. This team is not as good as it was last year. We know that for sure. Um, but the NFC did get weaker. And we look at the Cowboys. They also got weaker. They lost Amari Cooper. They lost Lyle Collins. Um, but they have a younger team. Um, and the Bucs have a bit of an older team. And I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be uh, more boring than it was last year. Last year was a thriller. Um, and a big name that we're missing from last year's game, Antonio Brown. He was absolutely incredible. Um, in that week one game. And I think we're going to see Tom Brady possibly missing AB, but I still am going to take the Buccaneers, but um, I'm not going to be surprised if Dallas runs away with like a late field goal in this game um, because the Bucs just don't give me a good vibe this season. I don't think they're as good as they were last year, um, but I, I'm not going to bet against Brady against Dallas. I think he gets it done. I mean, he is the GOAT. So it's like every time uh, I remember when we had Patriots ESPN report Mike Reese come on recently I think last episode actually and he was talking about betting against Tom Brady in the playoffs his first year he won the Super Bowl and it's hard to bet against him because every time you do he wins so part of me wants to say 
I think I gotta go with the Bucks because it can't bet against Brady. But with everything that's gone on, with the missing pieces, this could be a year that Brady doesn't win. And how much he's missed practice or training camp this year has an effect. I mean, he hasn't really had that much kind of um, chemistry. I don't even know how much connection he even knows has with newcomer Julio Jones. I mean, he obviously has got Chris, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, now Julio Jones. I mean, what uh, he doesn't have Gronk anymore. He doesn't have AB. So there's difference. It's not the same Bucks team as we saw last year on kickoff. But I think I am going to say this. I don't think Brady gets it done. And I think his winning streak against the Cowboys ends. Yeah, I mean, I personally do not think it's a bad take at all. I mean, I'd be going forth about this game, back and forth again, but about this game a lot. I've gone with both sides. Um, but right now, I think my mind says the Buccaneers are going to get it done. I think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be a terrible game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I do think the Buccaneers are going to win this game as of right now. Um, they just look like the way better team on roster, and it doesn't make sense for a team this talented at literally every single positional group to be um, losing this game. But I do think we're going to see regression from the San Bay Buccaneers team just because of um, maybe some lost chemistry in practice as Tom Brady um, missed a ton of training camp and a ton of preseason. A lot of teams, when I went on Twitter, the big name was, the big thing I noticed with NFL week one was teams have week one losing streaks. I mean, the biggest name that pops out is the Browns are 0-16-1 in the last 17 seasons. But a big name team that comes out, and I think could end this week, is the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts have not won a week one game since in the, in the last eight seasons. So that's going back to, I think, 2011 is their last win. Or 2012, I think, if I did that correctly. 2012? I believe I don't know if I... What, what was it? Their last, uh, last eight, eight games, eight seasons. That'll be tw- 2014, actually. 2014. Yeah. All right. I was off. <laughs> All right, well... <laughs> uh, 2014, last eight seasons. We know, I know last eight seasons. That's what we're going with. <laughs> the, the Indianapolis Colts have yet to win on opening weekend for the last eight seasons. And I think with them playing the Texans this year, they can break their streak. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is going to be an easy game for the Colts to win. I mean, the Texans aren't that much competition. Um, I like their draft this offseason. I like some of their signings. I like the Jerry Hughes signing. But, I mean, the Colts obviously got a lot better. They brought in Matt Ryan who's probably going to be better for their system than Carson Wentz was, even though Carson Wentz might be um, more talented, like more arm talent. But I think Matt Ryan's going to be a more accurate quarterback and a better leader. And he also made a lot of changes on defense, as we saw. They run Stephon Gilmore, who, in my opinion, is not washed, and I think he could be a top-10 cornerback this year. Um, so, yeah, I think the Colts are going to take this game. Um, we, we know Jonathan Taylor is um, close to hitting his peak only in his third season, maybe even has more to grow on. He's one of the best running backs in the league. I don't think the Colts are losing this game. Like I said, the Browns have, they tied four years ago, so it says they haven't lost 
or they haven't won in three years, but they haven't won in 17 years, which is crazy to think. And they're playing the um, Carolina Panthers where Baker Mayfield gets to play against his home, um, his previous team game is in Carolina. But do you think the Browns finally end that 17 year winless streak on week one or does it make it to 18? I think it's going to make it to 18. I mean, the Panthers, we know Baker Mayfield's out for blood. He is not going um, home without a win in this game. He wants every single part of revenge with the Cleveland Browns. I know that for a fact. Um, and the, the Panthers look a lot better than they did last year um, because they haven't really had a good quarterback since Cam Newton in 2018-ish because 2019 he got hurt and they were forced to play Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke a bit. Um, and then they were forced to go with Teddy Ridgewater and Sam Darnold. But Baker Mayfield is the, the best quarterback they've had in quite some time. And I think that this team um, is a lot better than it was last year. And they made some also good signings. They have a great young core. They've made some fantastic draft picks lately. Uh, and, and this team's heading in the right direction. And I don't think the Browns or Jacoby Brissett um, can go into Carolina and take down Baker Mayfield. That's a no for Jason. And that's a no for me too. Uh, no QB, no veteran QB with uh, Jacoby Brissett's things. I don't confidence. Baker Mayfield, Panthers, game of the bell. Kansas State Chiefs, on the other hand, have not lost a season opener in, or yeah, have not lost a season season opener in seven years, which is crazy. They've been dominant, but I think they will not make it to eight years because they are playing the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona, where one, Cardinals are a hard team to beat. I mean, Kyle Murray is just so mobile mobile he just runs around you can never stop him two I mean that's gonna be a great battle with Mahomes and him I mean Mahomes and Kelsey and MVS and on the other side you've got uh, Murray and Hopkins and forgetting other names Jason will remind me in a minute (laughs) but it's gonna be a great game and I think Arizona's defense supposedly they're good I haven't really paid attention that much, but I don't know. The Chiefs, it'll be really interesting to see if can Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek Hill. I think we already know that the Chiefs are going to be that good without uh, Tyreek Hill. Here's that about Patrick Mahomes. Three drives in the preseason this year, all three of them were touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. I think that goes to show that Patrick Mahomes, he does not need Tyreek Hill to thrive. He has fantastic weapons. He has one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Yeah, and he has Kelsey, Juju, MVS, Miko Hardman. And he also has probably one of the best coaches in the NFL and Andy Reid and the best play caller in the NFL and Eric Bieniemy. The Kansas City Chiefs are not going to lose the Cardinals. There is no way. And you mentioned the Cardinals' weapons. They're going to be missing DeAndre Hopkins for the first six weeks of the season because of the suspension. Um, but I do love Hollywood Brown. I think he's going to get a good connection with Kyler Murray. Um, but I think the Chiefs' offense um, is – too good to match up with the Arizona Cardinals uh, defense. The Arizona Cardinals lost Chandler Jones this offseason, and it's going to be a big loss for them um, this year. And they didn't really make many moves to um, replace Chandler Jones, and it's going to show how the Cardinals defense is a lot weaker than people really realize. We will see how the Kansas City Chiefs handle regular season games 
full games with Mahomes playing the whole game, obviously, in preseason. So many starters to not play, but this will be the real test. And But does Arizona, if Kansas City gets to a lead, big, if a big lead, can Arizona come back? And the question, I think, is maybe. I'm going to still go no. Jason's going yes. Other games um, that are notable, we've got Packers-Vikings. We debated this this summer, how Vikings could, I, I, in my opinion, I think the Vikings could be a dark horse team in that division. But Aaron Rodgers, he's missing um, a big guy, just like Mahomes is with Hill. Adam, Devontae Adams is no longer a Packer. And who knows if they will, they may win this week. And I'm going to say they do because it's week one, still Aaron Rodgers, but they are not going to be the same Packers team as we've saw in past years. I honestly disagree. I think the Packers are still that team. And I think they're still going to make it as the number one seed in the NFC. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has worked with some teams with some bad weapons. He's worked with Randall Cobb as his top receiver. I mean, Randall Cobb at his peak was great, but he, he wasn't really a number one guy. He's always been a slot guy. Um, and the Packers have shown that they can win shorthanded. We saw they went into Arizona and beat the Cardinals, who were undefeated last year, um, without Devontae Adams. And I think this goes to show how the Packers have the best defense in the NFL. They have a top two to three quarterback in the NFL with Aaron Rodgers. They have one of the best running back duos in the league. And the receivers are not that bad. They have two amazing rookies. Um, uh, they have Alan Lazard, who's pretty solid, um, but he will be probably missing week one. Um, and I just think that this team's defense is going to be, you know, too good. And um, they're easily going to beat the Vikings this week. And I think they have their division um, on lock, um, assuming no injuries happen. Well, we know there's going to be another quarterback coming, playing his former team, and that's Russell Wilson with the Broncos on Monday Night Football, heading back to Seattle to face off against his former head coach, Pete Carroll. And the Seahawks, I will just say, I think, one word could describe them, which is trash. They have not been good. The Earl line was not good. Got DK Metcalf, but who is even throwing to him? Geno Smith? This is going to be an all a game heavy on the Broncos. Broncos are going to win this uh, easily. Yeah, the Seahawks are probably going to be contending for the first overall pick this year. They look bad overall. Their defense, not there. The offense, not there. I mean, yeah, they have weapons, but their skill position group is the only thing that I can look at and say that's a positive for them because they're outmatched in every single game this year um, in the other positional groups. And I just do not think that this is a team that can go uh, and be a team like the Denver Broncos. The Broncos have one of the best defenses in the NFL. They have one of the best rushing attacks in the league. And now they have a top 10 quarterback in Russell Wilson. And this team's been one quarterback away ever since uh, they lost Peyton Manning. They've been going from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback, and now Russ is their guy. The Broncos are going to be a really good football team this year, and I think Russell Wilson, he has a chip on his shoulder going into Seattle in week one. I mean, we were talking about this this summer. I mean, the AFC West is stacked with – I mean, all four teams could have a possibility. I think Denver and the Raiders, probably not less likely than the Chiefs and the Chargers, but – 
going into the season, I think you could say, and it's not a bad, bold statement, but I think all four teams could win the division. There are so many good teams. There's going to be so many good matchups. I mean, week two, we've got the first game on Prime Video with the Char- Chiefs and Chargers. I mean, can't wait for our week 18 showdown between one of these teams and one of them makes the playoffs, one of them misses it. I mean, last year's Chargers Raiders was a thriller. And I think I'd love to see another one, but that division, that's going to be insane. And as Jason mentioned, Denver has been one step away from that Super Bowl, which is QB. And can Russell Wilson do it? I mean, he, when he signed, I'm pretty sure a large contract. Um, He's going to be here for the next few years. I think uh, he's the man in Denver. Well, we, uh, on this podcast, we, we have focused a lot on football, especially this episode, and we love football, but we also like talking about other sports, and that's what uh, we like to end our episode with. If, if this is your first time listening, you may not have heard our sports headline segment, but let me kind of quick this episode because not much has really happened that's key sports headline. Biggest thing has been the U.S. Open. Everyone knows U.S. Open. If you're a tennis fan, you've been following along. Serena Williams, we think, is retiring after playing her final match. Um, in addition to the U.S. Open, we saw Sue Bird play her final game in the WNBA this season. She's retiring. Um, and unfortunately, we all know the the passing of uh, Queen Elizabeth and usually we wouldn't get into this but headline because the EPL did cancel this weekend's match and so it'll be really interesting with how the EPL if they have to postpone more how they're able to fit it in the schedule as we know the World Cup's coming up very soon Um, MLS is taking a break for the um, qualifiers that's gonna be exciting I think we mentioned U.S. World Cup schedule last episode. They're playing Wales, England, um, Iran. I think I did that correctly. That's all going to be in November. As we get closer, we will have more headlines with that, more details, more talking about that. But um, EPL did cancel this weekend. And then to end this, because it's been football heavy this whole week, or this whole episode, Sean McVay lost on Thursday um, to the Bills. They did not look same as they were last year. And for the first time in the Sean McVay ever, the Rams are under 500. So interesting stats from tiring players to losing uh, percentage to postponements of soccer. That's going to do it. Unless Jason has any other word, he hasn't. It's going to be the, the head nod, uh, the head shake. This is going to do it for episode 44, honor of uh, Hank Aaron, uh, one of the best baseball players. Uh, episode 44, uh, thank you guys, thank you everyone for watching or listening, I should say, in this episode to the CBJ show. We will be back um, talking more football, seeing if our predictions are correct. And to be closer to November, we'll get to get into NBA talk. So, that's what's to look forward to on the next couple of episodes. And we hope you enjoyed listening to the CBJ show. Thank you.